that there old devil train. This is the Onion News Network. Free Talk Live. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. It has been well over a week since I've been able to repeat those digits over the air to and the internet to anybody it's, who's listening. It's back. The phones are back. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the phone number for Free Talk Live. It's also the show you're listening to. And you can dial in and talk about whatever is on your mind. I'm sure that there are many of our regular listeners uh, who have listened to the show and know what has been going on, particularly the recent events where the terrorists have attacked the Free Talk Live studio as well as the Bitcoin embassy and a few other select locations, including hijacking many Bitcoin ATMs and accusing uh, some hosts and friends of the show of things that are related to cryptocurrency. Uh, the attack was rather complete and much damage was done. They attempted to disable the studio. And of course, we only missed one actual live broadcast. Sabotage. That's the word. S- definitely sabotage. They sabotaged us. So we are back. Uh, as of right now, this might be the first show that is. I'm going to call it 100%, and that's just, you know, something might still go wrong or there might be a few little things going on. I know there's some archives that aren't updated yet. We'll backfill those with the episodes that are missing, so we'll get around to that. But as far as doing the live show is concerned, we appear to be at 100%, so feel free to call in. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So, of course, we have no further updates on Ian Freeman or Rich Paul, who is known as Nobody around here. He did legally change his name to Nobody, so you're not confused when I talk about Nobody. I'm actually talking about a person most of the time. <laughs> but there is some there is some good news. We have at least been able to reach out to Rich uh, or, or Nobody um, formerly known as Rich Paul. I was. Uh, I saw that you attempted to do an I, online. I have not been. Su- I was not successful. Right. Was um, somebody successful? Somebody was successful, and uh, from what I understand, and he is at least. You know, we've at least been able to talk to him. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I can't really say anything more than that. But, okay. Um, that's good. No, yeah. that's good news. I know that there's been some movements. I know that hit folks who listen and and chat and who are on the social media have been asking. You know, hey, can we make sure he's got commissary? Can we make sure he's got so, books? Those things are in the works. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So I can say a little bit about that. Um. So he is fully funded as far as as his commissary, commissary. account, I guess, goes. Yep. I don't know if he's able to access it or not i mean, I, I think he is but i'm not 100 sure on that one um but he is fully he's he's he, he can't he can't take any more money basically right. at least not this week the account is full 
Um, I count as full because of the overwhelming support that we've had uh, in the community and outside the community to, you know, cover, you know, cover to to make them as comfortable as possible. Basically, um, there are books that have been sent. There's been uh, four or five books. Uh, so and that's something that in prison uh, you have a lot of spare time on your hands. Yeah. So, you know, keeping him stocked with books is, is definitely that he would like to read is definitely a good thing. So. I have one update on nobody actually today. Um, Ian got to call me and the way the phones work, like you only talk for like 30 minutes or something. Then it's like this call is ending. It ended and then Ian got to call me right back. And during that like break, he said, I just saw nobody. And uh, nobody was in the medical area talking to a nurse. And he said he was like smiling and laughing at her. So nobody's still flirting in jail. All right. Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. Uh Nobody, nobody is ready for this. He's he's spent a year in jail already. He's he's got some time under you know his belt, so he knows how the system works. And he likely, and I don't know, I don't know if we have confirmation of this, but it appears that he may have actually um, refused bail. And he, you know he's done this before, so it's certainly something that's believable. And one of the, the reason he did it last time was because he wouldn't accept the conditions effectively right. of bail. And the conditions of bail can be very restrictive. Oh yeah. So he's basically serving his time, presuming that. And, and this is my this is what I'm. This is a little bit speculative on my part here, but he probably if he sits in a jail cell, it will count towards any time that he ends up having to serve. So right. he'll he'll probably get out sooner in the end by sitting in a jail cell so it, it may make sense to, for him to actually do that that's assuming at least that you know there is a sentence in the end obviously if he gets if he doesn't have a sentence then he's sat in jail for no reason but you know sure yeah, yeah. maybe to some degree anyway or I, I shouldn't say no reason but at least uh you know in, in some in some respects that it's kind of a protest of, of the whole bail system um you know so even even if um you know he doesn't end up with a sentence it, it at least is saying you know kind of giving them the finger saying you know i won't i won't consent to you know these absurd conditions when right. i'm supposedly an innocent man until proven guilty and you right. haven't proven it, me guilty I, I believe his perspective would be something along the lines and uh, you know i don't claim to speak for the man but it would be something along the lines of if i'm going to be a prisoner i'm going to be a prisoner i'm not going to be a prisoner in my own home right yeah you know, i think that's, that's a perfect way to phrase it so uh, we have lots of things to discuss. Was there anything else? Any other updates on the Crypto 6? I don't really have any more updates on Ian. We just talked. Um, and okay. It wasn't anything new. It was just me and him talking. There's still no decision on his bail. So the judge said that she would make her okay. decision expeditiously. Yeah, okay. Which apparently in government means... 10 days already. At least 10 days. Well, right now it's been... Seven days since she said that, but we know that they don't work on the weekends. Right, right. right. So, so it's basically ten days already at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. It's like, what excuse can they possibly come up with? It seems like they're almost they're trying to come up with an excuse as to why they're not releasing him, even though he meets all the conditions as a perfect candidate for being released. Yeah, i I don't see any anything that makes me believe that he should not be released on bail. Right. I mean, he's got no violent charges. He's not going to flee. He had the opportunity None. to do so if he wanted to prior to the arrest because he, he knew, everybody knew it was coming. Yeah. Everybody knew that there was an investigation right. uh, beforehand. There was ample time for him to he GTFO. He had at least like eight months or more to, oh, more than to that. flee if he had Far more to. than that, yeah. 
So uh, there's definitely that. Uh, the fact that he has the Share Free Church and this particular radio program that he's been doing for, what, two decades or more now? 2006, you know, I, I mean, these are things that uh, are key to him as a person. For him to stop doing this, yeah, totally ridiculous. Yeah, 18 years he's been doing this show. He's yeah. not just going to flee when he wants to fight. He, he, I mean, he wants to fight this, right? He's got lawyers. He's not like he's yeah. got a public defender. He's going to flee because he has has no money or anything he's got he's literally already paid lawyers you know to fight this case yep and he's innocent Indeed. right and he's innocent yeah. right <laughs> yeah uh i the charges against him i think and you know feel free to look this stuff up online the indictments online you can look for yourself uh if you use your favorite search engine to find that stuff so i don't want to put you know any misleading facts out there go you all are online i presume most people are these days and so go look it up and read it for yourself i mean so here's the thing i have to say about that you can go and look up stories the problem is those stories leave out very important critical facts in in many cases i'm not saying look up stories i'm saying go look up the indictment okay read the indictment well i mean the indictment's full of lies too but (laughs) it is but like that's at least going to give you an idea of what the government is accusing him right, of. Right, that's true. And if you read through that and you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you can poke holes in that thing all day and night. So yeah. that's, all, that's all I'm really getting at. Uh, we have some stories. Uh, are you guys familiar with universal basic income as yes. a concept? Oh, yeah. Andrew Yang. Okay, now this gets thrown around a lot, particularly from the left, um, there are some folks who think that something resembling UBI can be done voluntarily through cryptocurrency and that type of a thing. You know, I, I support UBI with one condition. Mm-hmm. The people who support it or the, the people who fund it, who fund it have to be the socialists. I, I, I don't really have anything against somebody putting together some sort of helpful thing that makes sure that if somebody's in need, they get some help. As My thing is it's got to be voluntary. There can be no government involvement. It has to be funded 100% voluntarily. And if somebody is funding, they need to be able to opt out if they want to at any time. Yep. Uh, No forcing of people, no coercion involved at all, which means the government cannot sponsor it. We'll talk a little bit more about this and a whole lot more. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The telephone number is alive once again. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call in and talk about whatever's on your mind, you could talk about the recent terrorist attack here on the studio by men calling themselves government uh, and some women too several agencies you can talk about anything that's in the news or bring up whatever you want it's called free talk live for that reason we have very few rules Uh, some of the rules are that if you call you might have to wait on hold for a while because we screen our own calls and we 
really only do that during the commercial break. So uh, if you do call, please wait on hold. We will get to you, and we will screen you, and then we'll get you on the air. Uh, the other rules are you can't say any of the seven words made famous by George Carlin in his seven words skit, uh, if you will. You can feel free to look that up online. But basically it means no cussing. So if you do, we are a radio show. In addition to streaming on stuff like DLive, Twitch, you know, we've got a stream going out to YouTube. There's one going out to Facebook. There's a couple other places we stream to. We've got audio streams going out to LRN.FM on freetalklive.com and some other places. But we are also a radio show broadcasting over the air. And so the FCC still says that we can't say the naughty words. So keep that in mind if you call. Yeah, that's not our choice. Um, there, there there, were and sometimes are uh, shows after after the radio show that are aired not on the radio. but Free or um, talk live. Yeah, free or talk live. Yep. And there, you know, you can curse and do whatever. Yeah, the after it. show parties are yep. lots of fun. Yeah, oh respect, yeah, they're entertaining. So. Uh, so I wanted to tell you also, we talk a lot about cryptocurrency here on Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you will find a cornucopia of information neatly organized by your needs. There's no longer an excuse for ignorance of this very important and world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Visit Bitcoin.com. All right, so before, uh, in the last segment, we were talking about UBI, also known as Universal Basic Income. Uh, Some people call it welfare. Some people call it different things. I'm okay with the concept if somebody can figure out a way to make sure that it's done voluntarily. In other words, nobody is forced to contribute to funding other people's universal basic income. Right? In fact, it's it's never been done without coercion, so it could be the best idea in the world. For all I know, it could be the best system out there. But if right. you add coercion and uh, violence to back it up, um, it's just never going to make a good system for anybody's life. Right, and there won't be the, – the incentives turn themselves upside down when there's coercion and violence, uh, particularly by the organization commonly known as government involved in putting together these programs. So if they're not involved in the program, then generally the incentive structure to keep it funded stays within the realm of ethics and morality. But when uh, – as soon as government gets involved, it turns into a dumpster fire. So let's find out. This is from Fox2KTVU.com. Oakland launches one of the nation's largest guaranteed income pilots. 600 families get 500 bucks per month. Now, I don't know about you, 500 bucks a month, I can't live on that. Yeah, I definitely couldn't live on that. It's, I mean. That's like not even enough to cover like. Rent, but no. I think in this instance, when it's a universal basic income, it's just like you have this to to work off of, and then that way 
your rent is 500 bucks, well, now all your money gets to go to your car payment and your family yeah, instead I mean, of... The problem is that if you implement UBI, effectively you increase the taxation, which means that the prices of everything go up. So even if even if you're not taxing you know, the, the people at the bottom, it doesn't really matter because their rents go up and thus the it becomes worthless. I mean, the money becomes worthless. So Yeah, I understand that. I, I totally understand why it's a bad idea, especially under the system. I'm just saying like it's not just... In this... I don't think they're trying to sell it as this is what you can live off of for your whole life. I, I just think it's supposed to be it's sold to the people as uh, just a little help every month. You know, the problem with this is that there's a certain amount of cost. Like when the government takes if they if they take five hundred dollars, you know, a third of that does, goes to maintaining the program, if not more that they've yeah. that they, they've taken. So it doesn't make sense. It what would make sense is for them to stop taxing reduce the taxes right it, it, to do it any other way is literally just going to drain our economy and drain the money from the poorest the most well and this appears to be government sponsored uh, oakland mayor libby schaff and other leaders on tuesday announced the framework for one of the nation's largest guaranteed income pilots that will distribute monthly payments to hundreds of oakland families calling it an historic moment Schaff said that 600 families will be able to receive 500 bucks a month for 18 months with no strings attached. The roughly $6.7 million will all be coming from the philanthropic organization Blue Meridian Partners. So it's not even really UBI. It's coming from a it, private well, it's, source. It's, it's a, and it's a pilot and program. And it's not everybody. Right. What is a pilot program? Well, it's they're testing. They want to see if they can make this thing go. And if it goes well, then they will probably make it a larger program. I don't know what any of the criteria are just yet, but hopefully this article will tell us more. Uh, the roughly $6.7 million will be coming from the philanthropic organization Blue Meridian Partners. No taxpayer money will be used. Uh, and they have a link to where folks can learn more. I'll take a look at that in just a minute. That's interesting. Uh, families can apply later this spring, and they will be randomly selected from the applicant pool as long as the families meet the basic income requirements. Oakland so, Resilient does- Families, hang on, is not a first-come, first-serve program and is open to undocumented residents and unsheltered families. So apparently... That's one of the criteria is you can be an undocumented resident or an unsheltered family. I mean, so the idea behind UBI, or UBI is it applies to everybody no matter how much you make. So does that mean, are they limiting it to yeah, only people universal. who are... Yeah, yeah they've they certainly taken the universal or? part out of this. So this is just, they call it a uh, guaranteed income pilot program. Is for, for poor people. So it's basically just charity. Charity. It's not even really UBI. It's not testing. It's not testing anything, really. The program is a partnership with the Family Independence Initiative and the National Mayors for a Guaranteed Income. Schaff said she hopes checks would be in the family's hands by spring and summer. Families can participate in surveys and interviews, but they don't have to. Despite the good news, Schaff said she knew that the money was hardly enough to make a real dent in poverty. The money is intended to narrow Oakland's racial income gap where the median African income is less than $50,000 a year and the median white income is more than $100,000. We'll talk more about this pilot program in Oakland and a whole bunch more. This is Free Talk Live. 
Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio station where you can call in, take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is on your mind. Our telephone number here in the studio, if you would like to join the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. 6160. We'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment. In the studio tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And we are here talking about, we start talking about UBI, and then we're talking about this pilot program in Oakland that seems to not meet the criteria of being universal or even uh, basic income. It is. I mean, basic income. And we can talk more about this. It seems more like they're trying to make a dent in poverty, but I don't, at least from what we've read so far, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But we'll find out more about that. But I want to do something that I haven't been able to do in something like 12, maybe 14 days. And that's put a call on the air. Let's go to TJ the Spy. TJ, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, TJ. How's it going, Captain? Oh, it's so good to Bonnie, take a call. Bonnie, Chris, everybody. Hey. Everybody's okay, I trust. It's good to hear you. Haven't heard, heard you from, for, haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, I was, uh, I've just been uh, relaxing here in Denver and just watching the fireworks from afar, and I said, thank God we left Keene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were here at the time of the last raid. That's right, weren't you? Yes. Uh, in fact, if you go to my channel, TJ the Spy, on uh, YouTube... I actually made a nice video compilation of the first raid where I confronted the FBI agents naked. And I said, you know, Bonnie, you missed a wonderful opportunity to repeat this, <laughs> you know, and make this a tradition with every FBI raid that all the defendants could come out That's naked. Right. And this is the second. There was uh, two incidences, if I recall correctly. I don't know if Bonnie wants to talk about oh, yeah. this, time, this or not. but Last time TJ was the naked person and this time i was the naked person i was fully naked when so the- so tj are you suggesting that <laughs> as a form of activism that if you happen to get raided by terrorists calling themselves the fbi or Strip you know down. any of these uh, police type forces well, at the federal actually, level that, that you strip down people ask me i am actually saying that as a, a practical safety measure because if you get raided a lot of people are like, if the FBI ever comes to my house, they're going to be one dead FBI agent. I'm like, okay, let's think about that. Yeah. There's like 20 Stupid. of them, and there's one of you. 56. They 56 this time around. Cat, 
and or MRAP yep. and a rock, probably rocket launchers and fully automatic weapons. And I said, you know, given that you can't fight back, uh, it's actually very practical that if you're naked, they're not going to shoot you. I mean, a bad guy will shoot you <laughs> no matter what. But the police, when they see a naked person, they just are instinctively like, what the heck is that? They're not going to shoot because it's unarmed. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for repulsing them in any way, shape, or form, so <laughs> whatever it takes, man. Well, I will say that I was completely naked, and I had dropped the robe that I intended on putting on, and when I tried to pick it up the first time, the FBI yelled at me, whoever's moving yeah. up there, if you don't stop moving, I'm going to shoot you, so that yeah, this, didn't really work for me. Unlike, unlike maybe last time, uh, this wasn't a voluntary uh, situation that you were in, Bonnie, correct? Oh, yeah, I was just sleeping naked. Yeah, so this wasn't this wasn't like an activist thing that you did, it just, it was them basically doing bad stuff towards you i I hope you had fun bonnie because you know being married or being i should say having like i too have a romantic crush on ian and so i was like (laughs) he's a gay man you know this i would actually go through fbi raids for james and ian and that's about it (laughs) and uh, (laughs) right and so it's one of those things you're going to have to get used to that ian for the rest of your your romance every five ten years you're going to have either the state police are going to come knocking for unsworn falsifications that's right or yeah, that's... yeah or the the feds are going to come knocking <laughs> for for some bs yep. charge yeah. or the the, the IRS something to is do with come knocking they, yep something this to is do not, with this activism. there were there have been two fbi raids of this building but there's also been other police raids of this building besides that so you're oh, yeah, definitely right about that one raid i feel initiated you have yeah. definitely been initiated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of tossed you in the deep end right away. Oh, yeah. You haven't even been here that long. At least I got to be here a couple of years before they raided the studio, so I got to acclimate myself to some of the activists and activism that goes on Yeah, and, you know, kind of hear some of the history. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say be prepared. I don't think anybody can be prepared for yeah. the assault that they put on this place and the uh, embassy. But, you know, awareness, there's something I mean, to be said for there, it. There's a reason they do these raids at 6 a.m. on the dot. It's so that they catch you off guard, yeah. right, while you're still asleep. Yeah, if you're an activist, you might beef up your security. Uh, and on Tuesday mornings, apparently, uh, we actually did another article from a place in Montana where they also raided at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday. So that seems to be a go-to time for these feds. I, I don't know why they would pick Tuesdays, but they seem to pick Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Another oh, thing. last time it was a Sunday. Mm. It was March twentieth, really? twenty sixteen. Was a Sunday, but it was six a.m. You can count on six a.m. Wow. Yeah, and uh, you know the reason is a special agent, Alan Bruce Carroll. He said, "You know why we do that? It's because people, most people, are in bed asleep, and so they're not oh, yeah. thinking correctly. So they'll talk to you, and you know, and even people who have attorneys, they'll be like." Oh, what are you doing here? I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Okay, you, I'm sure we can clear this all up. Just sign your Miranda rights away and talk to us. So right. good for you, Bonnie, for not talking to them. I told them nope. Yep. Um, and oh, we just, we're, we're your friends. It's just a misunderstanding, and you look mm-hmm. like such a wonderful little girl. It's like, nope. I don't think anybody yeah. talked, um, as far as I know, is you know to the to the government agents that came. And I, I, you have to I wonder. I can like, actually tell you that uh, Renee... 
Oh, and uh, I don't know about her, but you know, Renee and Andrew were talking to the Fed oh. voluntarily. Really, Renee should have known better. I, you know, I don't know about Andrew so much, well, but I know Renee. I mean, it should is have known different better. when everybody they're asking you about is innocent, and you have nothing bad to say. But um, it's not. It's not. It's that's not the point. It's it's that they can use your words against you, and mm-hmm. you do not want to give them ammunition, even if everything yeah, you say is, is. There was a bunch of yeah, lawyers. I, I've discovered that some people you just cannot. Treach. I've trained or tried to teach people like how to resist the mind. I don't know mind manipulation that the police do to get you to talk. Yeah, but you know they're very like the people think the police are mean. No, they're actually once they get done bashing down the door, they'll be like, "Oh, we're so sorry. We yeah, you know, they this try misunderstanding. Help us clear us up. You know, trying to get blah, you blah, to talk. Yeah, uh, TJ. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, there was a a bunch of lawyers that got together to see whether or not there was ever a case that, oh, you know what, you would have been found innocent if only you would have spoken to the police at the time of your arrest. <laughs> they could not yeah, no, find there, one. There is no such thing as a case no, because where it would have been beneficial. Your, your words can only be used against you. They can never be used uh, to, to defend you in a courtroom. So it's it's yep. only ever going to go downhill by talking to police or, or FBI or law enforcement of any kind. I don't know if this matters either, but they never said anything like that to me. I was never under arrest, even though I was in handcuffs for over an hour. I but was you like, were detained. Am I being arrested? Why am I being detained in all this stuff? You know, and, and they never told me anything about my Miranda rights. Maybe it's because I wasn't technically arrested. I don't know, but it's, it doesn't matter. It's probably only if I think it's only if you're arrested. So it used to be they had to read them like when they arrested you, but now it's like only when I think they're actually like when they're going to book you. Yeah, like okay. questioning you. And if they're not questioning you, then like they don't have to read them to you or something to that effect. TJ, your thoughts? Correct. Very good. That is very correct. Mm-hmm. The only time you the Miranda does what it called attaches. So Miranda attaches as a prophylactic measure, meaning a preventative measure. When the officer uh, places a suspect in a custodial situation, that means a reasonable person would feel they're not free to leave. So the handcuffs would be that. And they generally will say you're under arrest. And you want to use whatever statements the suspect makes against them in court. Um, TJ, so, I'd like to say, like, last time you saw me, you said I was too mentally stable to be here, but now I'm not mentally stable. Thanks for the call, TJ. We appreciate it. <laughs> yes. You're going to have some PTSD. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. It is Friday. And I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me in the studio, it's Bonnie and Chris. The telephone number here is working again. I'm very glad to say Mark was the host last night and was able to take some calls. And we are once again taking phone calls the phone number you need grab a crayon and write it down on the fridge door grab a chisel etch it into some stone you know whatever you got to grab a blowtorch and burn it into your front porch deck whatever you got to do the number 603-283-6160 again 603-283-6160 is the number if you would like to join us here on the air. 
So uh, we were talking before TJ the Spy called about this article out of Oakland talking about some sort of a pilot program. Uh, It says Oakland launches one of the nation's largest guaranteed income pilots, 600 families to get 500 bucks a month. And to be eligible, families must be low income and identify as black. So not UBI. (laughs) Indigenous or people of color. The first area targeted will be in East Oakland, and the next area will be broader Oakland, explained Jesus Garena, the CEO of the Family Independence Initiative. Now, I realize there's a lot of poor people in the world, and I contribute voluntarily to some organizations to help some poor people. That's right. Uh, And what I don't like about this sentence I just read was it seems rather exclusionary. To be eligible, families must be low income and identify as black, indigenous, or people of color. It seems like they're leaving quite a lot of people out of those qualifications. Mm. And I'm not sure why they would do such a thing. Well, it isn't the government, so I personally don't really have an issue with it. I, I think it's more... That's a good point. It's, morally, it's the argument that they're making that you have an issue with, though, right? Um, morally, I would say that if I was running a charity and I had $6 million or whatever it is, I would not exclude white poor people from getting help, but I just... It's not well, my money. I mean, it's not... It's, I don't see Asian on here. Oh, yeah. I don't see... There's several people, several... Well, People can say that, uh, like people consider Asian people people of color. So I think that covers everybody except white people because white mm. people don't have color. Apparently, I mean, I'm pink, but <laughs> yeah, it's 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 about you know it's this idea that that people should be forced that I think is is the problem with with the three of us here and, and the people on this show, the hosts on this show. It's it's the forced aspect of it. You know, this is actually just what we would call charity, and so it's, far. it's a little bit discriminatory. But I'm not. I don't even care so much about that. It's just the fact that what they're then advocating for through this supposed example, which isn't really UBI, is the use of force to take money from other people, including the poor, and basically redistribute it, but with less funds to go around. I agree. We haven't had proof in this article yet that that's what they're going to do, but I agree with Chris that it seems like they're going to try to use this as a way to create an actual UBI, which they'll be taking money from the taxpayers to give to people. And in that case, there should be no exclusionary. I mean, it should be... in the. It, it says, the title of the article is UBI, right? It's That stands for Universal Basic well, Income, which it means says the government forcing people... You know, guaranteed money. income pilot is what they're calling it. So they're not <laughs> calling it Universal Basic Income. Okay. They're calling it Guaranteed Income Pilot. So it's a okay, pilot fair program. Enough, fair enough. It's a pilot program to give guaranteed income to some people. Some people. Okay. For what reason, though, which we haven't found out yet? What is the long-term goal here? Because it said it's only going to last for, uh, what, eight months or something like that? I don't that? think so. if, if, if it is simply a charitable uh, objective of you know getting people off, uh, you know, off their feet, and it doesn't involve force or government, right? Then I, it doesn't seem like such a bad idea. I think some of the tactics on the left make sense to me. I mean, if you actually start looking at like how inefficient government is in terms of all the different programs they have, each one of those programs costs a ton of money. If it was just, oh, I'm going to give you know a poor person you know a set amount of money, and then they can you know figure out how to use that money, it's going to get there's going to be more money 
and it's going to be more efficiently distributed. So I think that makes sense. It's it's the it's the government though that creating all these separate programs that ends up causing problems. Well, let's find out what this program might be about. Uh, Jarena says that to qualify for the checks, people must be earning at or below fifty percent of the median income, which is about fifty nine thousand dollars per year per family of three. I don't even make fifty nine thousand dollars at my day job, so you know, now California. you know how much now you know how much I don't make, everybody. But oh, this is like, California, where you need six, uh, you, you need like two hundred thousand dollars to basically like rent a place, right. like like a one bedroom. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> this, he uh, said, this I understand now. But he said half the spots are reserved. Get out of California for very low income earning, uh, below one hundred and thirty percent of the poverty level, which is about thirty thousand dollars a year. It's not clear what will happen when the program ends and if and how this money would be extended through any other means. The idea isn't new, but having a revival across the U.S. after some mayors launched small temporary programs across the country in a coordinated campaign to convince Congress to adopt a national guaranteed income program. Yep, we saw it miles away. But I am confused because now you're saying governments are doing it. So is the government of Oakland involved in this at all? The very beginning of the article said Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff and other leaders on Tuesday announced the framework Hmm. for one of the nation's largest guaranteed income pilots. I I really don't know what to think about it. Okay, I know that I don't believe that somebody should be forced to make a gay wedding cake any more than I think a charity should be forced to give to white people. Right. But if it's part of the government and they're using tax dollars at all, then it just it I'm against it in the uh, pure vein of the fact that it's yeah, using force. Why, if this particular company, and let me see if I can find their name again, it's called the Blue Meridian Partners. Uh, if they wanted to, of their own volition, create some sort of a program that gave 500 bucks to whomever they felt like giving 500 bucks to as a private organization. I got no problem with that. The mayor, however, is involved, and it sounds like this is, you know, they say it's a pilot program, so usually that means a trial to see how it goes, and that usually means for some other bigger purpose. Right. So so one of the things I think people have to understand is we're not, you know, the people that host on this show are not against charity. We're not against, not at all. We we're probably some of the most charitable people out there. But the thing is, the reason that you should be against government, um, you know, stealing money from people is because of the it's is so inefficient. Most of the money they steal doesn't go to the people, doesn't go to the poor for one. Um, but even the little bit that ends up going to the poor, they stole a lot more from you in order to yeah. give the poor a very small amount of money. It if you, the if best you think, way to do it is the free market by letting individuals donate to charitable organizations that are the most efficient. Because when you add co- competition to the marketplace, all of a sudden the efficiencies go up. Yeah, you take out – if you rely on the government to be your charity, you're like, well, I pay my taxes, so I don't need to contri-. – if you don't contribute to charity at all of your own volition and of your own choice and you just feel like, well, I pay taxes, so that's good enough, then that is lazy. You have no choice. You've done zero research. You have no idea where your money is actually going. I would much prefer you not pay any taxes at all and not give to charity so that those who 
can and want to give to charity can, as long as can nobody's paying the taxes. Yeah, right. I mean, if you start looking at like what we would all be making, I mean, you can basically double your salary if there was no taxes. Okay, and yes. I'm talking about all the different forms of taxation that occur, much of which is hidden from you. And if you're confused about how your tax dollars don't go to where you think they are, just think about any time you've overdrawn in your bank account and it automatically takes a $25 fee. That is an administration fee. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that that's taxes, but all the, these administration fees that your tax dollars have to go to to get to a charity, you're not giving to charity. Yeah, so uh, if this were this program were funded by government and $500 were going to these 600 families, uh, the government would first have to take probably $1,000 per family from taxpayers. And the first 500 of that would go to pay all of the bureaucracy costs. you got to hire people to do the books, to right. keep the money, to you know, blah, blah, blah. They would start some sort of a program called the... You know, I don't know, the office of the administration of the universal basic income or something yeah, like I that. Mean, think, think of it like this. If, if you give a homeless guy on the street $100, he's yes. going to get $100. Right. If you give the, if the government steals $100 from you, he might get $5 if right. you're lucky. Right. Absolutely spot on. A guaranteed minimum income is defined as a plan set up by a government to provide every person the guarantee of an income at a certain level, according to this article from ktvu.com More Free Talk Live is on the way. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk in monotone all the time? Wait, no, no that's that's more like Gregorian <laughs> chant, isn't it? Welcome to Free Talk Live. I have to say, you guys are entertaining. I'm not nearly as entertaining as that. <laughs> Our telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160. You will call. You will call. <laughs> you want to call. You will pick up your phone. You will enter 603 603- Two eight three six one six zero. Save it as a contact in your contacts list. Call it Free Talk Live or FTL Call In, whatever you like. But whatever you do, if you feel like getting your thoughts on the air, give us a call. Join us in the studio tonight. It's myself, the captain, Bonnie, and Chris, and it is Free Talk Live. We've been talking about this article from KTVU.com about what a Appears to be some sort of a pilot program that might be leading to some sort of a universal basic income program. We're not sure how it's connected, and we can get more into that. But first, I need to take a minute and tell you that you're probably aware, if you're not, 
the Free Talk Live studio was attacked by terrorists with weapons, and they used Bearcats, armored vehicles, battering rams, they drones. They blew out windows. They and blew out windows, and door frames, and, ha- and structures. There were multiple federal agencies present who were doing the attacking. They not only attacked the Free Talk Live studio, but also the Bitcoin embassy. 19 other properties. 19 other properties. They took, stole Bitcoin vending machines out of many properties. They also attacked a convenience store, albeit there's some question as to whether or not that was legitimately part of their warrant. Uh, and so, I mean, they took him out for two days. Six people were uh, arrested. It was, yes. longer, it was longer than that. Was yeah, like a maybe week. a week. Almost. They were down. They were out of business for a while. Yeah, they stole a POS system. Like, why would you steal a POS system for a <laughs> convenience for a store. convenience yeah. store? Just check the books. And, and the safe. At, they at stole rate, the safe too. My my point is that six people were arrested, uh, and they faced federal charges for simply transacting in cryptocurrency you can go and look up the actual indictment online i'm going to not tell you what's all in the indictment because it's lengthy and frankly a little boring to read on the radio so go look that up if you want to know the details but these six people need actual attorneys we can't let them have public defenders or they're going to get railroaded so we've set up a website thecrypto6.com doesn't matter how you spell the word six or the number six, either one, thecrypto6.com, so that you can contribute to the legal defense fund for these six people who have been arrested. Currently, four of the six are out on bail, but they're still facing the charges. They need proper representation. Two of the six, that's nobody, that's the person named nobody, and Ian are still inside. Ian is awaiting uh, a decision on bail from a judge who's taking her damn sweet time, even though she said she would make her decision expeditiously. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's coming for you. So, yes, if you want to contribute, you can do so over at thecrypto6.com. We haven't put it up there yet, but there are uh, several varieties of cryptocurrency that you can use to donate. But if you want to donate regular U.S. dollars, right? Dirty that's, fiat. That's, that's cash, dirty fiat money, regular dollars, you can do so by PayPal, and you can just send your donation to mark at freetalklive.com. That's M-A-R-K at freetalklive.com you can send that via paypal as a donation there have been donations coming in we were taking donations at some different addresses for different things now we're funneling it all through thecrypto6.com uh, there are some people that we want to thank who have donated, Chris. Yeah, so I'd like to thank James uh, for donating $100 and a Brian who uh, donated another $300. And I also want to thank all the other people out there who've uh, – there's too many people to actually really are. list on the radio. Um, and some a lot of them may want to be anonymous, so mm-hmm. I, I won't list everybody. But, um, yeah, I, I want to thank everybody who's contributed to the campaign uh, you know, the fundraising campaign, uh, you know, little amounts of money here and there um, as well. And I also want to point out there is a there's now a T-shirt, a fundraising T-shirt that says free the crypto six. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing T-shirt. Johnson did a great design on it. Um, check it out. Thinkpenguin.com. There is a link in the top right hand corner that says crypto six. Just click it. It'll bring you right to the T-shirt fundraising page. The other thing that the T-shirt says is Bitcoin is not a crime on it. So it's a it's just a great T-shirt. Check it out. And um, you can also donate um, it, when you buy the T-shirt. You can also make a donation of pretty much any amount. Uh, just about 
with uh, the purchase of a t-shirt. And if you do that, you can also use a credit card. So if you don't have PayPal or you don't want to use PayPal, that is another another way to donate to. Agreed. All right, let's do what we do here at Free Talk Live and go to some of your calls and thoughts. We're going to talk to Turd Ferguson calling from somewhere in Pennsylvania. He claims that he knows how to solve the border crisis. Turd, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, yes. I uh, obtained the grand wisdom that 325 million Americans are looking for to solve the border crisis here um, tonight in my hot tub in Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania. What this is, is the grand wisdom? Can I ask you, uh, Turd, what is the border cri- crisis? Can you define that? Uh, so, yeah, so right now there are um, about 100,000 children a month that are showing up at the border trying to come into the country. Um, they are uh, packed into a bunch of cases that uh, Joe Biden's administration actually built in 2013, although he likes to claim that the Trump administration built them, but you'll never hear that on the media. But you will on Free Talk Live. So these, but, are, um, these are commonly referred to in the press now as unaccompanied migrant children. Overflow. In overflow, overflow facilities, facilities. Right? yeah. But they're, we know that that's a, that's a euphemism for what it really means is kids in cages. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly correct, Captain. And um, and before I go on, it does kind of rely on um, sort of one assumption, I guess, and that's and that's and that's that this is one of the worst border crises crises uh, we've ever seen uh, here under the Biden administration. Right now, in 2021, it was way it's even worse, uh, much worse than the one in 2019. And um, can we all just at least agree on that, real quick, before I keep going? Have we disagreed on anything at all? I mean, I, I have no idea because I'm not there, but I, I, that's what I've seen reported. It's yeah. getting yeah. worse and worse. I'll assume for the minute you are 100% correct. Yeah, me too. Okay, great. So um, if this is, in fact, the worst border crisis in history, and we have, in fact, the most uh, children crossing the border now one time, uh, this is what I propose we do to solve the border crisis uh, now and forever. And it would require the Republicans and the Democrats um, coming together and meeting exactly halfway, exactly 50% <laughs> for both ways. I'm sorry, your, your, your plan's fair. already out the window. That's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 listen, listen, it is possible. I mean, and, and, and by the way, this is leverage because with a 50-50 plan like this, whatever side refuses to meet in the middle, that's the side at fault. So, so this is how it works. It's it's what I it's the law itself would be what I call the Great Compromise or the, or, or the Take Comp Act as as it would be written, and basically what it would say is that all the children and all the adults that want to come over in the United States are allowed to, and when they do that and when they get here, they will be given no welfare checks, no education funds, no uh, government welfare whatsoever uh, as as a newly um, entered. Uh, civilian in the United States. That is a trade-off. That is a 50-50 fair trade-off. That is fair. Mm. I think I have heard other people say that. Like, they can come over, but they don't need to be part of the welfare system. Yeah. How about this? Get rid of the welfare system. Yeah, Bingo. I, I have to say, I have to say, I, you know, sure. Um, I, I think I think it's, it's, it's not... It's not the worst possible situation, but I mean, alt or, or solution, I guess. It's the best possible. It, 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 well, no, a better one would be to get rid of the government, get rid of the system that's keeping people out oh. and keeping people hey, in. Thanks for the call, Terry. I'm okay. going to have to put a lid on this one. 
yeah, it sounds to me like the government is the problem here and not necessarily people looking for a more prosperous area to call their home. Our phone number is 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live. Yes, it is. Free Talk Live. I assume if you're listening that this is your favorite call-in radio program of all time. And I'm your favorite host. Well. (laughs) Wow, that's good. I like it. I mean, I thought I was making a big assumption, but you have one up to me. Uh, In the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain, joining me. Bonnie. And Chris. And we've been talking about, well, all sorts of fun things. If you want to call and join us, the telephone number is 603-283-6160. And we'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment. But first, Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation website. Do you want the newest and freshest stories and perspective on current events from those who value liberty? Freedomsphoenix.com has it. Their daily dispatch is the way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Freedomsphoenix.com. All right, so we were talking about this article out of uh, ktvu.com saying that Oakland is doing a pilot program for a number of months, I believe eight months, uh, guaranteeing 500 bucks to roughly 600 families who meet some interesting qualifications. And we can get back to talking about that. But first, let's go to the phones. We've got Bradley calling from Michigan. Bradley, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. I I don't want to take too much of your time today, but uh, I wanted to discuss how we keep asking the very people that violate our rights and that destroy lives more than anybody that I can think of. We keep asking them for welfare. We Who, want more money. Who's the we? You know, universal basic income, whatever it is. Who's we in this in this instance? Because I'm not asking well, anybody. Yeah, certainly not you and me, but a, a large number of Americans. Okay, so you're talking about like the population of the United States in general? Yeah. Like, for example, uh, you know, like you're talking about the universal basic income. Everybody's mm-hmm. wanting their stimulus checks. Like, people act like Stimulus. this nanny state giving us all these handouts is, is doing a really good thing for us. Yet, they fail to look closely at how the, you know, like you, uh, the last caller was talking about, uh, the children being taken at the border and, you know, being separated from their families. Right. You have the government bombing children in the Middle East. You have CPS taking American children away yep. and putting them in the system where they get neglected, they get abused. Uh, when they get out of the system, they end up going to prison a lot of the time. Yep. You make a lot of really good points. Um, there isn't really anything the government does that I can think of that doesn't exist in violation of either some right 
but more importantly, in violation of consent. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like why, why do people keep asking the government to help them when the government hurts people more than anybody else? I don't, like, I don't think people understand that they're being manipulated and the money that's coming it's, it's basically the money that they're getting from the government is just their own money coming back to them, but a smaller f- portion of it. I mean, we've been so we've been manipulated into believing that, you know, the money that we're, we're under the impression that the government is taking far less money from us than they really are. And then we think we're poor when we're not poor. We're actually wealthy. It's just that they, they actually skim so much off the top that we become poor. Um. Also. I would like to say that I didn't understand inflation very much until uh, I met Ian and he like he didn't even have to explain it. I just heard him talking about it so much. Um, I didn't really know what like gold is a hedge against inflation meant. And now I understand that the things the government does make your money less um, worth less. So they're stealing from you in that secret way, too. They're yeah. stealing right, from you right. by printing more and by using it for all these things and writing bills where they get to use so much of it, where it may look like you have the same amount of money in your bank account. You actually have less every year. Right, because it doesn't buy as much as it did. It, it looks, in, in fact, well, it will look like you have more money in your bank account than you had 20 years ago, but it will get you less. Right. Well, see, and I, I don't have that problem because I, I pretty much put all my money in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Smart move. But, um, <laughs> Hopefully, you've anyways, diversified. Like, yeah, diversification. You know, I don't. Than, I don't. I don't recommend but, anybody put all of their eggs into one basket. Right, right. But, Definitely not. Yeah. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. You know, talk down anybody who actually needs help because that's the thing is these people are being made more poor. Their lives are being destroyed by the state. So I can understand if they if they want some help. Sure. But the thing that I want people to realize is that you shouldn't be looking to your abusers for help. I would invite anybody, if there's anybody out there that's listening, that, uh, you know, they feel like the government has actually improved their lives. I would like them to call in and tell me how the government has improved their lives. Is, is anybody Otherwise, like nobody? What's that? <laughs> is anybody like nobody? They're, well, I, uh, no, it hasn't improved nobody's life. Look where he's at right now. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Hey, Bradley, thank you for the call. I just want to say that, in my opinion, most people do not understand basic economics. No. Or, or they do, but they think that economics is a field that's so complex that only really smart people can understand economics because it, it's it's been convoluted by not only banks and financial well, companies, but the government working hand-in-hand hand with these people have made it so convoluted that it might be difficult for a layperson they, to understand, like, stocks and bonds yeah, or that type of thing. It, they right? overcome But basic economics is just supply and demand. That's all that it is. That's all that it's ever been. That's all that it ever will be. The economy has nothing to do with you know, banks, financial industries, and government, because the the economy is just people transacting with each other for stuff that they need. Now, the banks want you to think that they own the economy. The government wants you to think that they own the economy, and they can make all of the economic decisions right. in this fictitious cloud known as the economy. No, the economy is just people transacting yeah. with other people. And the economy is independent of the banks, really. Right. It's Even if you get rid of the banks and you get rid of the government, we still have an economy. Right. We might be bar- Bartering, you know, your strawberries for my, I don't know, bread, but it's still an economy. And that's one great thing that Goldbacks was trying to solve. 
it's just gold. It's not backed by anything. And it's not government. And right. it's not government. There was there was an economy before there was central banks. Absolutely. And there will be one after them. And all it is is just people transacting with other people for stuff that they need. I would love to talk about what he had brought up too, just like that poor people um, are are wanting help and they think, and they would probably hear us and just think, it's so rude that you don't want the government to help me. I'm struggling. You hate the poor. Well, um, so in 2019, <laughs> I was like dirt poor, like rock bottom poor. I just, yeah. I didn't want to do this job I was doing anymore that was like getting me from point A to point B. So I quit that job and I was having a hard time finding another job. I started doing Postmates. I was really poor and I started falling into this. Like I'd hear my friends talking about like uh, Andrew Yang and I actually was like, he's probably a good idea. And I had been a libertarian, but I just like didn't have a great grasp on economics. And um, I can totally see how you could fall into that. But please understand if you're listening, it's a trap. And I would love for somebody to yeah. call in and tell me how the government has helped take, them. Take the government's so money, help you understand. but don't support what they're doing. 603-283-6160 is our phone number. This is Free Talk Live. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Yes, this is the show where you can talk about whatever is on your mind. It is Free Talk Live. Our telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. You can talk about whatever's on your mind by dialing that number. We have some calls on hold we'll get to in just a minute. But first, I wanted to tell you that I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me tonight... It's Bonnie. And Chris. We had been talking about this article from KTVU. It appears that the mayor of Oakland, in cooperation with uh, some sort of a private organization, are doing a pilot for what appears to be something to get people on board for some sort of a universal basic income. We can continue talking about that in a bit, but... We prefer to take your calls, so let's first go to uh, Vernon calling from Louisiana. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. So one of the things that I was reading was about the uh, hearing, the bail hearing that Mr. Freeman had, Mm -hmm. and one of the accusations that the prosecutor was saying was that he had knowledge of where these transactions that he was, uh, you know, converting from dollar into Bitcoin were coming from. And I was just, and to me, that feel, I feel like he was doing his due diligence by, by asking what the, where you got the money from, basically. And I wanted to see if there was any information on, on that accusation and do other Bitcoin providers that do this sort of thing. By the way, I don't know anything about Bitcoin, so I'm still learning. Uh, but <laughs> okay. do they have to ask that kind of thing as well? So 
I mean, the answer to your first question is I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what his processes were specifically I, for vetting people. I know that he did have a process. I would counter that with how would you know where somebody's source of funds were that was buying right. crypto from you? Like if, if I have a garage sale and somebody comes up and they've got 50 bucks to buy my used lawnmower, I'm not going to be like, hey, where'd you get that 50 bucks from, pal? <laughs> right. well, I'm just going to take. the prosecutor had an idea of where it was coming from, which is why I was just curious why they why they were accusing him. Well, you of, know that of, this is just their accusations, right? That doesn't mean that they have any right. type of proof. But also, we do, we don't have the answer to this. It, I don't want to keep speculating. Not. We should not be speculating on something like right. this because we just don't know the answer. We, I have never. I mean, his girlfriend and I have never been like so. Go through the process of uh your Bitcoin stuff with me. That, that's just none of my business. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody here would ask about those types of those types of questions. But you know, it's, the question is really. The, the government was monitoring it and they have access to information that Ian would never have access to. So they can make an accusation, but that doesn't mean the accusation true. They might know something like where the source of somebody's funds were that bought crypto, but Ian wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Now, there are... Uh, there's something in the world known as KYC or know your customer. That's a little different, though, than right. knowing where the source of the funds were coming from. But what I'm saying is that even those businesses, individuals, or exchanges that do it, employ KYC, they all they do is verify a person with like some sort of government ID, right. a bank account. They don't ask those people where the money came from when they're doing an exchange. So it's really weird to me. Uh, I hope that answered your question. Thank you, it did. And exactly, I completely agree with you. Like, where in the world do they get this knowledge? So thank you all. Awesome. Thanks for the call. Uh, Yeah, I'm as confused as Vernon is about some of the accusations. Like, they just seem sort of oddball and out of nowhere to me. Well, they're Um, false accusations, I think, is what it comes down to. And even if the government had information, it's not, you know, it's pretty apparent that somebody who is selling bitcoins would not have that information and that's in fact that's one of the issues with selling bitcoins you don't know effectively you know who you're dealing with and there's no way and it's the same thing true of the banks the banks yeah. don't know who they're dealing with they might have a name they might have a social security number but they don't know you know anything about the business or the transactions that are occurring you know where the source of funds are now they may have to ask and they might ask something like you know, what's your business? Yes, they'll ask that. But beyond that, you know, they still don't know where those those source of funds actually are coming. Yeah, from. even cash itself, you can't, I mean, outside of like the serial number on the dollar bills that you use, you know, if I'm selling anything, right, if I'm a, a brewer and I'm selling beer, right, when people come in and go, hey, can I have a pint of this stout or whatever? And I go, sure. And I serve them a pint and I give them the bill at the end of the night and they pay me in cash. I don't go, where did you get this cash from? I know. That's suspicious <laughs> that you have cash. You know, I for, for them to accuse something that nobody does, and I don't mean the co-host known as I mean <laughs> that, that people don't do as a general rule in any kind of transaction, right? Nobody asks where your cash came from when doing a transaction. It's preposterous, so... Uh, at any rate, let's continue with your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Courtney calling from Michigan. Courtney, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, well, first off, I wanted to say that you guys are awesome. Well, and um, even though uh, certain places were being shut down and that your guys' equipment was being removed, 
I really Stolen. appreciate that you guys are still on the air. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And we couldn't we couldn't be on the air if it wasn't for just the massive amount of support from both listeners of the show and supporters of the show and our in our local community here. Um, people who believe in freedom and liberty. It's it's because of that that the show managed to you know continue to operate in spite of massive uh, you know five year investigation and raids on nineteen. 19- properties that's that's charity like chris here literally gave me a phone because mine was stolen yep yep that's right oh my goodness yep because we we support people in our community and if you if you if you come to new hampshire you know we're you know we're going to support you too if you do you know if you're an activist and so on courtney well uh can you hear me yep okay um what i wanted to speak about is um, I'm the same one that has called in about my CPS case, and mm-hmm. I actually just went through my termination trial. What is that? And, um, oh, yikes. Can you explain for the listeners? It's a termination trial. Determination uh, or termination? They want to terminate my parental rights okay. on my children and adopt them out. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Well, during the trial... Um, It was pretty funny how everybody through the defense uh, had all their witnesses, or not defense, but the prosecutor had all their witnesses go up on the stand, and everybody actually contradicted everybody else's statements. And it took about four days for all their witnesses to go up on the stand. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other day, because my trial just went on this week, um, the uh, CPS worker actually uh, committed perjury, and we were a- able to Doesn't motion that she committed perjury, had evidence of it, and her complete testimony got removed. Oh, that's good, good. news. Huh. <laughs> so what? what's yes, next then? Did, what's... You, did you have a proper lawyer in this case, or was it just uh, you know somebody appointed by the, the clerk, uh, the no, court, I... if you mind me asking? I actually paid for my attorney. Good. Smart move. Um, as well as um, the the lady that actually has my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, she has six different children in her home. They all have special needs. My daughter, who does not have any type of special needs, she was trying to state that she did. They actually what? did a trauma assessment on my daughter, and it stated that all the information... Uh, Stated by the foster parent was basically invalid and that she was pretending or that she was giving uh, accusations for a cry for help for that child when uh, those accusations or those things that were given to or the information that was given to these workers hey, wasn't even present. Courtney, can you hang on? Can you hang on? Yes. Okay, stand by. Yep. We'll find out what else is going on with Courtney and her CPS case. Here on Free Talk Live, we've got more coming up. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. It is 
the live radio call-in program known as Free Talk Live. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We're attempting to talk about this article from KTVU, and we've talked a little bit about it, where they're doing some sort of a pilot program where something like 600 families will receive 500 bucks a month for the next you know, eight months or so, and we can continue talking about that. We've also been talking to some callers, uh, and one of the callers uh, who remained on hold, thank you, Courtney, uh, has been giving us an update about her case with CPS. Now, Bonnie seemed to remember some details. Will you recap for me? Um, so Courtney could probably do a better job at recapping, but so basically her son has autism, and he was seven. He got out of the house, and he was walking towards... Uh, the babysitter's house, but a cop intercepted the kid who could have just easily made it to the babysitter's house and everything would be fine today. But the cop intercepted the kid and decided to cause problems with her, broke, I mean, not broke down her door, but um, entered her house just because a neighbor opened the door. So was not welcomed in, but allowed himself in and uh, gave her a drunken disorderly in her own home because she was upset that there was a cop trying to take her child from her. Is that correct, Courtney? Yes, that's correct. Wow, that is more detail than I could possibly have remembered. I've just been really disturbed by your it story since I heard story, it. It is a disturbing story, though, isn't it? It is. So, Courtney, you've been to court now for what you're calling the termination trial. Uh, for those of us who yep. don't know, that's where they try and you know take away uh, parental rights. And it sounds like some things went right for you. Is that right? Yes, everything actually went very well, especially in my Do you have your kid back? Behalf. Uh, no, I don't, don't have speak my too soon. Back. Uh, the, the last day for our termination trial is actually uh, this Monday coming up. Okay. All right. So, um, so that's the so, next step is is that trial or that hearing? Yes, for that day. Okay. Um, I actually have uh, because it took about four days uh, for the uh, prosecuting side witnesses to go up on the stand and so i only got two days for my witnesses to go up on the stand mind you i had about 31 witnesses on my list wow why Um, didn't why didn't you get more time i don't understand that oh well the judge up here was getting a little irritated about the fact that it has been extended so long Mm -hmm. um because if you think about it my children were removed in june of 2019 wow and we are just now going to court over it two years later yeah is your court exactly in person with people or are you doing zoom court uh no actually it's in person wow um i've had one i've had about five people go up on the stand everybody that i have is actually um workers or counselors or doctors mm-hmm. or um, programs that I've worked with. Okay. Um, and all their uh, statements were actually consistent compared to the prosecuting side where one statement would say this and then the next person would go up and say that. So it was very inconsistent on their side. Mm-hmm. And so my side was very consistent. 
All right. Um, I, I wish you the best, and I hope you give us a call back and let us know how this all turns out. Courtney, thank you for the call today. Um, I know how these things go with family court. Family court operates very differently than just regular court. Like if you're going to like traffic court or even if you're like accused of a felony or something like that, uh, family court operates very, very differently from all of those where, you know, it's always the judge making the decision. It's disgusting. It, it is a disgusting mockery of justice and I really wish you the best, Courtney. I hope it all works out for you. Good luck. And let us know how it turns out. Um, I, If you have not seen the documentary called Divorce Corp, I highly recommend you watch that documentary to just give you the slightest of tastes of how just bizarre family court actually is. Family court can do things that no other court can. They ruin lives routinely. They rarely dispense any justice in any way, shape, or form. And they always, always make more money for themselves. <laughs> victims so, and create lots of victims. And create lots of victims. Uh, it is. It has been referred to as an, a, an attorney enrichment program. That is family court. So if you have a license in law and no ethics or morals and you want to make some money, well, you know, maybe you should do family court. In Courtney's case, I can just say it doesn't seem to me that it has been a net positive for the children involved because... It's been two years. Two years. Well, the kid was seven years old. Well, I would just like to point out, like, if the kid had been made it to the babysitter's house without the um, opposing, without the cop intercepting him, all that would have happened was... He would have made it to the babysitter's house because he knew how to get there and it was up the street. And then he would have been brought home and um, the mom would have been like, you know, maybe he thought a tighter way is to keep the kid from escaping well, since he, he wanted to escape. But l- let me just yeah. say, um, she said that in the time that her kid has been in custody of these strangers, he's been molested. Do you think that it's better for a kid to go run off and uh, get lost for a few hours and get taken home? Or do you think it's better for a kid to be held by a bunch of strangers and and molested and obviously this has not been a net positive so if it's not a net positive why are we still doing this why are we letting strangers take care of other people's kids yep did the did the kid i I was under the impression the mom was letting her seven-year-old walk to the babysitter's house it wasn't it wasn't like the kid ran out or he wasn't she wasn't letting him but it was a situation that got turned into a small problem that got escalated 10 million times right, right, now right. the kid has been traumatized probably from being away from his kids and definitely or away from his mom and I'm, definitely from being molested yeah i mean it seems it just seems absolutely ridiculous the whole situation whether or not the kid was you know given permission or not you know um it, it's it's you know even even you know if it was like a young child right it, it's like it happens. That happens. It's not something that doesn't happen. It happens like every day. Yep. There's parent. I mean, if I'm, I am doubtful that there's any kid who has not gotten loose from their parents at some point growing up. Your parents can't keep an eye on you know a kid twenty four seven. It just doesn't happen, even when they're very young. Yeah, you know, it's a so kid's ridiculous. lifetime. A lifetime to a kid, especially at like seven years old or maybe nine years old by now. It's been two years, right? Uh, is is very short. So like. Two years of a nine-year-old's life right. is, you know, what twenty percent of their life, right? So, for a child to be raised 
by an institution for those two years, right? That's to say foster care, an orphanage of some type, uh, that type of a thing where they're governed by social workers and they have to be paid a visit by agents of the state all the time. That in and of itself, regardless of any accusations of molestation, that in and of itself is a traumatizing experience. Children should not be raised by institutions, yeah, you know, and, and this is something that I think somebody here has firsthand experience of even, so they can speak to it if they feel like it. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been in and out of foster care. Uh, I was in a, a bit of an orphanage for a very short period of time. Uh, I have been through family court. Uh, I've been through the adoption process, which, I mean, none of it is geared towards helping it's all about what hoops you jump through, how much you pay the attorneys, and then, you know, the family court just kind of arbitrarily goes, yeah, okay. You know, we'll make some decisions for yeah. you. So, um, yeah. The worst, the worst part about it is she had a little network in her own community. She didn't need this babysitter type uh, cop who was out just looking for trouble. She had a neighbor who was authorized to come in her house that actually was coming in to check on her. That's how the cops got into her house. And she had this other neighbor that was a babysitter that was going to get the child and bring it home. It's It was just so unnecessary. The, the whole thing just did, it did absolutely sound ridiculous. This woman is not some lunatic, um, you know, I mean, at least it doesn't appear that way from what we, we know. She obviously cares I mean, about her kids. Right. I mean, she, she has a private lawyer. She has a babysitter. She has, you know, um, you know, clearly demonstrated an ability to care for this child. And it's not illegal to drink in your own house when you right. have kids. And she wasn't being disorderly. She was facing a man with a gun coming in her house, telling her that she was going to he was going to take her kids away. This is what happens when agents of the state get involved and want to feel all powerful. More Free Talk Live. Hour number three is next. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, the Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. We're here seven nights a week, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we are a live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. 
Again, 603-283-6160. Save it to your Rolodex. Add it to your Palm Pilot. You know, like, <laughs> people are like, what are you talking about, Captain? Even I don't have a Palm Pilot anymore. What's a Palm Pilot? You got a trio? I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is. I, I, uh, well, this is it old. before your time. This is old um, technology. <laughs> is it a yes. beeper? Is it a beeper? <laughs> yes, put this number in your beeper. Oh, my God. I actually wasn't joking. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> it's Okay, so it's basically a phone, but without the phone part. Yeah, so there used to be two separate things. There were cell phones that you could make and receive calls and listen to voicemails and leave voicemails, basically. And then there were these other devices that were called PDAs or personal data assistants. And you would have to put these into some sort of a cradle attached to your computer with like a USB cable. And it would sync like your calendar and your contacts and all that kind of stuff. If you made any changes on your computer, it would sync over to your phone to make things easier for you. Right. So you didn't have to have stuff in two different places. Then one day, somebody got a brilliant idea and said, (laughs) why don't we just add a phone to the PDA and then everybody can have everything in one spot. And that's how the modern smartphones got started. God, you make me feel so old. (laughs) You know, uh, I do apologize for making you feel old. However, (laughs) you can't possibly feel older than me because I know I'm older than you. Yeah, this is correct. This is correct. To me, that's almost somewhat recent technology. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's recent technology too, and I, I, I still want my, I still want my Palm Pilot. Like I can't get them any; they don't make them anymore. Some of the places that I grew up in had actual rotary phones. That's I, right. I actually rotary phones. I actually had a rotary phone when I was little too. So it's not you're not. I know. Quite the age difference isn't quite I know. that that Did big. you did you have four digit dialing? No, I, it was it was uh, I'm trying to think what it was by the time I was it's probably at least seven seven right seven, yeah, seven was it's basically just without the area code is what yeah. i had so no, we had four Not digit dialing old. and so like if we needed to call the neighbor right next door yeah. we could just dial the last four digits of their phone number and get them that has that has been done away with in modern telephony so yeah that no longer exists at any rate in the studio tonight it's myself the reverend captain kickass joining me it's bonnie and chris uh, you should write down that phone number or otherwise add it to your smartphone, 603-283-6160. Without further delay, let's go to, is it Davey in Illinois? Hi, this is Daisy in Illinois. Daisy. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, and I'm calling because a friend of mine, my bandmate, just recently got kicked out of the church oh, no. over speaking out against, you know, our current whole pandemic and, and government solutions and societal normals and whatnot. And uh, did they do like a wicked heavy metal, you know, guitar solo and then go, COVID is fake, yeah, and then get kicked out of church? No, oh, okay. no just, just to kind of, you know, just to kind of, kind of talking out against, you know, the same kind of things you hear the same, you hear a lot of people talking out about and, uh, then they kicked him off the worship team, and then they kicked him out of the church. He, uh, 
how did so so yeah hang on i was gonna ask like did somebody like face to face come to him like the reverend or the deacon of the church or some you know other church uh, titled person did they come to him and go hey look i don't know what this guy's name is but hey look guy uh you know this that and the other thing and we don't want you on this committee anymore and we're gonna kick you out of the church it sounds like that didn't happen i think you mentioned they sent him a letter uh, they they told him on the phone, and he mm-hmm. sent them a letter. Okay, you know, as an address of grievance. Okay. Then they had filed a police report. Wait, what? Saying that he's not welcome on the on to go to church anymore. There. Oh so we were we were gonna we were you know we're gonna make our own worship services. That's kind of the, and we're gonna do it better. There you go. That's kind of what, what the plan. That's was. kind of like the agorist way of doing that. In, in a way, I, I I think so. I'd be like, you're I doing really me want- a favor, dude. <laughs> Thanks for kicking me out. I don't even want to be here in the first place. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what a bunch of squares. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about what denomination this church is that you're talking about. But growing up in Christian churches, um, I definitely have noticed that people like to grab power whenever they can, and if that power is being the head of the choir, then they're going to grab it. And if they don't like what what uh. You, you have to say about Jesus what you believe about Jesus, then they're gonna, you know, try to use that against you. You know, there's just lots of politics that ha- happen in churches. Politics and prejudice. I know a lot of churches preach a lot of good stuff, but in my experience, anyway, attending these places, I experienced much politics and many prejudices. Yep, I I I, uh, I appreciate the moral support. I, I got a question for you, like. <laughs> This is a church where people were physically showing up, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's so, it's the biggest church in the area. But why but on it, earth it, would they be kicking somebody out for speaking bad about COVID? Like, like that's <laughs> like you're already coming together as a church, like members of a church, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this just seems you so know, hypocritical. The people at the tavern are much cooler. I <laughs> I found now that's a church know, I can much- get into. Much more relaxed. <laughs> the Church of the Holy Beerstein. Thanks for the call, Daisy. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, I. Mm, it's either that or it sounds like he was attending the Church of the Holy Mask, which yeah. is a whole different church. So uh, one I would not want to attend personally. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to rag on religion, but religions rag on other religions. Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of people who are involved with whatever religion they're involved in seem to believe that their religion is the most correct religion. Now, that might be true for themselves, uh, yeah. but, and, and, and that's fine if that's all the further they take it, but they often attempt to you know, otherwise convert people from one religion to their religion or from the, even the same religion to their particular sub-denomination and subset of beliefs of that religion. And to me, religion should be a personal choice. Yeah. Personal choice. It, it seems very much like a sickness to me. I mean, if it's if, if what you're practicing is what you preach, you know, and it's peace and so forth, yes. I get it. But, like, you know, that's not, you know, most I, of these people are not – they're, they might be preaching it, but they ain't practicing it. You know what I mean? And, and it's also a question of respect, right? So if you subscribe to your religion and you want to attend your religious services, far out, solid, and right on. It's when you are unable to respect somebody else's religion, somebody else's practices, 
you know, and right. that may and and you get a feeling of superiority over them because well, I belong to my religion and I'm my religion is the most correct religion. Right? <laughs> That's where I have a huge problem with people. Um, when I was a kid and I lived in Kansas, I was like four or five years old. I remember this so clearly. Um, a part of the, my church split off and started having uh, ch- their own church um, on Wednesday nights mm-hmm. at their house. And um, it was a lot of like the older people and my mom was part of the group that, that split off. And uh, they were all about, um, they believed in like that there was actually like demonic or, you know, evil entities out there and that um, Jesus prayed to get rid of them. But the church that was the actual building didn't want people talking about that. And I, I don't know if it sounds crazy to say this on the air, but I had a, I had a prayer, prayer group in in the split off church that helped uh, heal my horrible nightmares. I had nightmares every single night. Like I'd be crying in my sleep every night as a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they gave me an exorcism is what they said. And it stopped. Sweet. So I'm just. I mean, congratulations. You know. I mean, I'm not against the idea that there's probably you know demons or you know entities out there, and you know if they if they believed in that, if they didn't split, maybe more people could have you know came together and understood that better. But nope, you believe in that, you're gone. That's a bad way of doing things. I think. Yeah, there's certainly many things in the world that I cannot explain, even things that I've experienced that I can't explain. So I'm not, you know, bold enough to say, hey, you're wrong. We've got more Free Talk Live coming up. Welcome. You are in the correct place. For the Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain, joining me. It's Bonnie. And Chris. The telephone number to call into our lovely program is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Uh, I do want to take a minute to mention that we are doing a fundraiser, a legal aid fundraiser for the Crypto Six. Uh, the website that you want to go to is thecryptosix.com. We've managed to get both URLs, so thecryptosix.com as well as the crypto and then the number six.com will take you to the right place uh, where you can donate to the Legal Defense Fund for the six folks who were arrested in the recent terrorist raids by the government on not only the Free Talk Live studio, but the Bitcoin embassy. The first Bitcoin machine ever in New Hampshire was stolen along with uh, other Bitcoin ATMs at up to 19 other locations. Six people were arrested. This is all related to them transacting in cryptocurrency, and we know that cryptocurrency is not a crime. So please, if you can find it in your hearts, in your crypto wallets to donate, visit thecrypto6.com. If you want to donate in regular United States dollars, dirty fiat, dirty fiat as we call it, uh, you can send a PayPal donation to mark at freetalklive.com. That's M-A-R-K at freetalklive.com. 
Any contributions there are helpful. If you think that, oh, these guys have been advertising on the radio, they've got enough enough money to get. No, we don't. We will stop. And if you want us to stop, make a bigger donation. Yeah, <laughs> we will We will stop asking for donations when we've got enough to get these folks all lawyered up appropriately so that they don't end up using public attorneys and get railroaded by the system as so many other people have. So, again, thecrypto6.com. Uh, let's go to more of your calls. We've got Axel calling from Wisconsin. Axel, you say that you are the guy that Daisy mentioned who got kicked out of church. Yes, I am the guy who got banned from church. So you wanted to give us some background. What what led up to these events? Well, let me take a little trip, quick trip back in time. Um, I stopped going to church 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I became fully awake and aware of the religious institution that uh, Christianity calls itself. Mm-hmm. Now, I am a follower and believer in Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. Okay. And I do my best to follow his commandments, love one another, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and I love music. I play harmonica and guitar. Ah, see, it was, I was hoping you'd, and, like, ripped off a wicked, you know, heavy metal guitar solo and was like, yeah, I'm out of here. R.I.P. Jesus, you would have loved Dave's music. I, I was hoping for that opportunity, actually. I uh, moved to central Illinois back in uh, 2016, mm-hmm. and after 15 years of not going to church, I actually kind of wanted to meet some semi-decent people, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> okay, so... I began going to the church, and it was, wasn't too long before I got invited on the worship team, and I have a lot of uh, thankfulness to them for... A, being able to expand my harmonica playing ability. Okay. Um, but when this whole, uh, as I call it, pandemic started, the I saw the church following the guidelines, and I was constantly on Pastor Krusty's case um, about opening the church. Yeah. And because the Lord doesn't give us a spirit of fear, and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Mm-hmm. But yet he still wanted to follow the guidelines. So I hemmed and hawed and went along with it. And uh, finally they had church in the building in October. So this is where it gets a little complicated on my fault. But uh, they were having services in the park up to October on the nice days when it wasn't raining and outside the church building. Right. On the day they opened service, they had it was a nice day, and Krusty jumps up there and says, uh, "If it was such a nice, if I knew it was going to be such a nice day, I would have had service outside." So it's like a new chapter in our new normal, and I immediately bounced up and said, "Bye, I'm not brainwashed. No new normal for me." As I walked out of the church, I'll let you guys relegate on that for a moment. So you were, um, you stood up in the congregation and the pastor was up on the stage and you said bye to him because you you didn't want um him preaching about new normal and you wanted uh yeah you were trying to make a point that you're you're not down with the whole uh brainwashing double speak new normal stuff right right yes okay but this wasn't a church correct 
Yes, this was at a church building. <laughs> in church during during the service, no less, right? Okay, in so during the service. Yeah. Okay, so now, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Can I? Can I back up this one thing? I previously to that service, the pastor had told me they were going to have two services: one for the people who were afraid, and one for the people who didn't care. And then prior to that Sunday's service, they got on Facebook and did a live video and said. They were going to encourage mask wearing for both services and social conditioning as in distancing. Right, right. And so I was already a little ticked off with that. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. We did several stories about many churches who were shut down, told you can't have service in person at all, whether or not it was outside and socially distanced and masked up and all that kind of stuff. They were just like, nope, sorry, which, of course, we hear from our perspective of freedom have a huge issue with. So anyway, continue with your story. Now, let me add a note that this church has black masks with their name printed on it on them. So you're right about the Church of the Holy Mask. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hello, my name is right on the face mask, huh? <laughs> right. So the thing is, I just bought a house in this town, and now I'm on paper at the police station with a little report saying if I step on this church's property, I get charged with criminal trespassing. Oh, wait, so I have I'm a question. Concerned. I'm lost a little bit. So when you stood up and you told the church that you were leaving, that is when you got kicked out? No, I actually tried to uh, reconcile the situation. I started going back, mm. but I constantly asked the pastor to stop selling the pandemic, to stop selling the COVID, but he's done nothing but mention the covid and the pandemic every single service since then. And I know that and, Christians believe that you're not supposed to, yeah, spread a spirit of fear. So I totally, I'm agreeing with you so far. Can we keep them on? Yeah, Axel, do you want to hold on? Sure. All right, stand by. We'll bring you back. This is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. We'll hear more about Axel and how he got kicked out of church for opposing the new normal. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Bonnie and Chris. And you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. It also means there's no ticket cost. You just reserve your camping, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving folks in the Shire? You can relax and enjoy the camaraderie of like-minded people 
Or you can create whatever type of experience or event you'd like others to have or participate in. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, please be sure to let others know in advance you can connect with fellow ForkFesters on the unofficial Telegram chat or on the ForkFest forum. Links to those can be found on the unofficial website, forkfest.party. Mark your calendar for June 28th through July 4th, 2021, and we'll see you at forkfest.party. No, ForkFest is not uh, a food festival. There's not going, it's not like a gathering of like all the best food trucks and all that stuff. There's plenty of food, don't get me wrong, but there's also entertainment and it is basically uh, camping and partying. So if you enjoy that type of a situation, please join us. Uh, let us go back to the phones. We were talking with Axel, uh, who was about to get to the the point of how he got kicked out of this church for opposing the new normal, all the, the new COVID stuff. Right. How you doing? Good. Okay. So, as I explained before, I reached out to the pastor, told him, maybe I'm out of line. You know, let's let's reconcile the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we talked about it. He says, "Well, I love you, I forgive you, but it's gonna take a while to build trust back up." I was telling him, "Well, you're a biblically structured church, right? You have elders. You follow the biblical formation of what a church is supposed to be." Yep. He even explained to me they tried to practice the first church structure. Okay, so what so what did, did you do that made him finally kick you out? Well, they uh, I continued to go when I could. I'm a um, freight relocation engineer, um, so I can't make it all the time. So I uh, went when I could. Uh, they actually had a different worship leader during the whole pandemic, and I wasn't able to be on the worship team, and I tried to figure out why I never got a clear answer with that. Um, okay. But they, at the beginning of this year, they emailed me and said to put together a new worship team because the worship team leader was leaving. So I went to the meeting after church service, Gave them ideas because they wanted ideas. Was looking forward to getting back on the worship team. Yep. And then Super Bowl Sunday was the last service I went to. I called the pastor and told him I was inspired. I'd like to speak on a message. I mean, this is a, you know, first century style church, right? Everybody gets to share a word, right? And he's like, we don't want you on the worship team. We don't want you on stage. We don't trust what you're going to say. And if you continue to pursue it, and that's where I hung up the phone call, so I didn't uh, lash out on him. Okay. Because that wouldn't be a very Christ-like thing to do. So <laughs> you weren't on the stage when you got kicked out of church? I thought that you were on stage when you got kicked out of church. Can you tell us about that part? Um, no, I, I got kicked out over a phone call, basically. And it, so it was I based told, um, off of this, uh, you wanting to say your message, and then they called you and ended up just saying, never mind, you can't come? 
They didn't tell me I can't come. I actually told the pastor, texted him. I texted him, so it's in writing. I told him I will not be coming. If you're not going to let me be on worship team, and if you're going to speak about how you're not supposed to treat people the world, or treat people the way the world treats them, and you're treating me exactly, which is going against one of your previous services, then I'm not coming. And then they go and send me a letter, a certified letter, from the police station with a report saying if I go back on their property, I you got the no the no trespass order. Trespass. Okay, hey, thanks for the call, Axel. I appreciate it. I wish you the best, of course. Uh, good luck with that. But I think you're on the right path with starting your own worship team or worship group and uh, proceeding that way. It is unfortunate that those events occurred. Uh, continuing on with the phone calls, let's just go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Man, that's the exact same thing that happened to another Axel across the state line in Indiana yeah. years ago. He was a musician, got kicked out of the church. He, he started hitchhiking to L.A., started a rock band called Guns N' Roses. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's no sweet child of mine, that's for sure. Yeah. but What's on your mind, and, David? Uh, Get to the point. And those, and those people aren't worth hanging out with anyway, man. Um, so your, your caller, Courtney. So notable notes on, on Courtney. So she sounded like a reasonable person, right? Uh, not 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 to uh, mention that that's her own kid and that's uh, her own kid's own mom, and then uh, she's uh, you know having a drink in her own house or whatever. She's got a kid with autism, so the whole world is going to save uh, the kid with autism from a, a parent that uh, is having a beer or whatever, and then a cop uh, uh, trespass trespasses in yeah. her house. Yeah, indeed. And she gets mad. Because, she gets mad because the cop did that. And then, okay, ground, grounds for legal action. And this is, this is the government that, that uh, everybody listening to me, you created this monster. And, and let me get uh, one thing in before I don't get a chance. You, you all are paying for it. And, and uh, you don't care because it hasn't happened to you. Yep. But let me tell you, any one of you that's got children and you got uh, another parent in the house, if uh, there's a time bomb waiting for you, you, you better be nice to that other parent because if any point in the future you uh, – uh, uh, PO them, you know, yep. uh, and they decide to leave you, <clears throat> and they happen to get a better lawyer than you can afford. Yep. Then uh, it might not be you now, but it will be you then, and you'll be in the system. And why does this system exist? Why do they got to? If, if if they didn't keep feeding the system with children, well, they wouldn't be a system, would there? And yep. then that would be a little bit less work. That'd be a little bit less work that that cop needed to be paid for with your tax dollars and that judge and the four or five attorneys that are involved and all of the expert witnesses. How many days worth of trial did she say? They got what I heard at least four. six days of trial. Yeah, four and two, six yeah. days, right? Yeah. Just and, that's, and that's just the tri- that's just the trial. What and that's the trial is tiny compared to everything that happens before and after that trial. And the and the and the adoption people or the foster people they get a check every month yep. for uh, whatever four hundred six hundred dollars per kid. Yeah, why wouldn't um, this woman who has control over her kids right now want to c- continue having control over them? She has six kids that uh, she got from this system, that, and they're each a check to her. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's how she makes a living. She she is making a living off of child trafficking. And you, listener, Ooh. you're paying the bill. If you if you got a job, 
your taxes are paying the bill. Yeah, you know, that's the best. You know, I usually when they say child trafficking or sex trafficking or anything of that nature, you know, I roll my eyes. But that is the word that you chose to use to describe what happened here. That's child trafficking. Yeah, that is a very precise and accurate statement, David. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's okay when the government does it, but when you do it, it's a crime. Exactly. Just file this under the long list of things that occur in that fashion. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Welcome back to Free Talk Live, the live call-in talk radio program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. You probably won't get in this evening, but write this down for future reference. 603-283-6160. We had a period of time of about a week or so, where our phones were down. No thanks to the terrorists calling themselves the government who attacked our studio, the Bitcoin embassy, uh, up to 19 other locations, and arrested six folks. You can help donate to the Legal Defense Fund for the Crypto 6 over at thecrypto6.com. Please consider donating to that cause these folks need real legal defense i also want to take this moment to say thank you to chris r he is a silver level amplifier and that means he contributes some money every month toward getting this radio program that you're listening to right now onto more radio stations we're currently on about 187 radio stations we could be on 200 we could be on 250 we could be on 300 it's all up to you amp stands for advertise market and promote every dollar that you contribute does go specifically to getting this radio station on more or this radio program on more radio stations so you can be confident that your money is going to that particular purpose Thank you again to Chris R. for being a silver level amplifier. There's some little perks and things. You get access to the amp-only feeds and that type of thing if you are an amplifier. So please check out amp.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Chris R. You are appreciated. We had been trying to talk (laughs) in the first hour about this article from Oakland where it sounds like they're trying to set up some sort of trial period that may end up becoming some sort of government-sponsored UBI, and we can talk more about that. But did you guys have any, you know, other thoughts, things you wanted to talk Boo. about? Boo, yeah, boo to the UBI. Boo to the UBI, <laughs> or boobi, B-U-B-I, right? How would you pronounce it? You put a B in front of it. I don't know. All, all I know is I am all for charity, but I, I don't think that uh, charity, you know, I don't think theft is, you know, it, it, the theft that occurs with government uh, in order to, 
you know, quote, be charitable is, is really it's not that's not real charity. That's that's theft. And it should be called out. If lining a bunch of bureaucrats pockets for, um, you know, office jobs that they do is charity, then I guess that's charity. Well, this article yeah, that's says like redefining charity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. This article I mean, goes on to say the San Francisco Chronicle reports that the initiative in Oakland comes in the wake of Stockton's program, which provides 500 bucks every month to 125 people, launched by former Mayor Michael Tubbs, who will also be at the news conference. Stockton led one of the first universal basic income programs in the U.S. Tubbs lost his reelection in 2020. So this sounds like monkey see, monkey do. We saw this with the mask mandates, right? At first, just like one state was like, okay, I'm going to issue an executive order, whatever mayor, I don't remember who it was, uh, governor or whatever, what state. I'm going to issue an executive order, and I'm going to make masks mandatory for the entire state. And then some other governor saw how much publicity this governor was getting and went, I want that publicity too. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to issue a mask it's, mandate. These, these are control freaks. They they seek power, and they know that they they want. Uh, you know, they, when when you're in a crisis, people tend to support you. Yes. So they're basically thinking about their next election run. Is what's going on here? Well, and we're also in what I like to call a closing government. In other words, the empire is on its way out. I hope so. And because of that, we're going to see all sorts of things. I've been predicting that the lockdowns and the overreactions to the COVID uh, bit with the mandates and all that thing uh, were a precursor to things like getting folks addicted to government dependency. Uh, a government-sponsored UBI is exactly that. I mean, I feel like we've already been in the situation for... Uh, what was it 50 70 no like 70 years is it when, when did social security come around i mean that was the 30s was it i believe so so i mean yeah i mean we're looking at 90 years 90 years i mean we've been in this socialist cesspool and this the money is just it which it, it doesn't i mean we are so poor today and i know i know i'm not saying you know we're not living better than a lot of other countries but we should be way wealthier than we are individually. Everybody, yes. every single person in a, in the United States should be way better off. Than right, we are. and the problem is, is that the government through the Federal Reserve is siphoning that wealth off of us. They are a leech on the face of society. They are bloodsuckers. They are slaveholders. Slaveholders. They are milking you for your life's effort in the form of taxation. Over and over again, you are a piece of cattle on a tax farm. And that's one of the revelations that libertarians and anarchists and freedom-loving folks have already had, one that not a lot of people have given any thought to. And I would like to say that that's thanks to the... um public school system a lot of people who know what the social security i mean what social security is will just think well yeah because when i'm old and i'm dying i want to be able to have uh, money to take care of myself when i can't work but they don't they they just aren't looking at it at the right way because public school has conditioned them to look at it like we're, there's no other way for them to have money ever, when they're old ever notice how they teach about teach this kind of stuff in a social in like a social uh a history class not not in like an economics class right. because so they don't true. want you to know how social security works social security is literally just theft and they might give you a little bit back of it you know uh at the end of your life but where 
where is that where is that coming from? That's coming from somebody else. It's not coming from what you paid in earlier. You're so right. They gave it to you. They tell you in school about stuff like that as if it's just a given. The government gave us this because it's helping us instead of explaining how it, it works. Because honestly, I never had a class where I, they explained where any type of economics worked. But um, I can definitely say that I remember being like hearing about like FDR and mm. stuff like that. He came with, up with this new deal and all this stuff. I, yeah. I didn't even have an economic economics class until I hit college to be honest like there I don't even think there was one available in high school the closest thing that I had in high school was something called home economics <laughs> that's hilarious and I think that that's why the ma- the um, majority of people like my age who are leftist type leaning um, or even not like political but they just have this little grasp on what's going on around them they just believe that Republicans or whatever I'm not a Republican the show's not Republican but this is their general idea people on the right don't want me to have money at the end of my life for social security because they think I need to work harder. I'm working as hard as I can and I and I don't have enough money. What's really happening is you don't have enough money because you're being stolen from and the government is trying to dupe you into right. working harder and just and, uh, and it's right there on your freaking pay stub. Let, let me let me tell you something. It's not on your pay stub. That's only a part of it. If I okay, so I You're right. I I have a business and if you look at what the amount of money that goes to the government from our from our business checking account to cover the taxes basically that money that's being stolen from you it's basically if you didn't get that if that wasn't happening your income your paycheck would literally double yes it's double true. double that doesn't include all the money they're stealing from you mind you but your paycheck would double well it i mean it includes some of the money they're stealing from absolutely you some of it taxation but, but, but there's a lot but the, yeah there's also sales tax on things there's property taxes property tax. which ends up going if you're a renter you're you're basically paying your property taxes through your landlord paying yep. to register your car yep paying for your driver's license yeah. tariffs 25 percent tariffs now the inheritance tax so money that was taxed and saved by somebody who worked for it and saved it and then dies and leaves it to you, you don't get that money until the government gets their cut. Monopoly on services. Um, you know, in, There's in, a death tax. In New, Hampshire, death tax. in New Hampshire, they have a monopoly on alcohol. Um, in uh, like They have state-run liquor stores. Yep. In uh, lottery, the lottery, they have a monopoly on lotteries. So, yeah, I mean, that's like every state, I think, just about, probably. And uh, that money, I mean, you would think you would think that with all the taxes, you wouldn't need to have a monopoly on lotteries. So if there was no taxes, just uh, take that as a given. There's no taxes. You would work just and you work just the same amount you're working now. You'd be getting so much more money that you would you would be able to plan for your retirement. Yes. Yeah. Everybody would be rich in America and make your own choices for what companies. Right. As it is, even if you have an employer that at best they give you a couple of choices to contribute to a voluntary retirement plan, you would make all of your choices by yourself. And if you lost your limbs in an accident, then all your friends would be able to have. Extra, extra money to help yeah. uh, take care of you, and, and, then, and there'd be charities for and that. And there's still something called insurance, too. You can you would actually be able to afford your own insurance. We are out of time. We're on seven nights a week at freetalklive.com. Thanks. Peace. News from news.bitcoin.com. U.S. Postal Service files a patent for new blockchain voting method. Warren Buffett changes his opinion on gold. Maybe Bitcoin is next. $6 billion Acon cryptocurrency city underway. Former Prudential CEO says now's the time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin.com is your source for getting started with cryptocurrencies. Getting a wallet, buying Bitcoin cash, mining, and all the latest cryptocurrency news at news.bitcoin.com. Subscribe to Bitcoin.com's YouTube channel, too.